Well, good morning, One Church. I'm super happy to be with you guys this morning on Mother's Day. I don't know about other moms, but I'm happy that the sun is shining and that it's not raining outside. That's just me personally. Um, well, last week we talked about Thomas, and this week we get to talk about Peter. So, yay. Um, we are going to be in John chapter 21. Um, but before we dive into what's going on with Peter in this moment, I think it's important that we have a little bit of painting the scene, I guess you could say, so that we have an even deeper understanding of the beauty of this interaction between Jesus and Peter. So as we know, right, we know Peter, from when we read the stories in the Bible, I just imagine Peter being this disciple that constantly wanted to show Jesus how much he loved him, how devoted he was to him. Like, he was constantly striving to understand. He was constantly striving to, to show Jesus, like, you matter to me. Like, you're important to me. And, uh, and then on, on the Last Supper, like, at the Last Supper, Peter is told, like, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And as someone who can identify a little bit with Peter, that probably would killed him a little bit. Actually, we know it did. Like, he was like, I would never. I would never do that. And as we know, that's exactly what happened, right? And we get a, a little bit of a glimpse into how Peter felt in Luke 22, verse 62. It tells us that after Peter denied Christ that third time, the rooster crowed, and, and, the, and Jesus actually looked at Peter. Peter wept bitterly. Like, it wasn't as he cried. Like, he, like, he broke down because the realization that, like, what he, the, like, probably one of his, like, worst fears to some degree had come true. In that moment of Jesus' greatest need, he fell short. So when we, when we meet Peter in, in John 21, Peter is, I imagine, pretty filled with shame, guilt, and honestly questioning, like, his status. Would Jesus still call me a friend? Do I still have a spot at the table? Do I matter? And those, those questions are probably dug in even more because Peter sees Jesus two times before this encounter, like that we know of. Probably He might have seen him more, but that we know of that's recorded in the Bible, Peter encounters Jesus when he sees him before he meets Thomas and then when he meets Thomas, and Jesus says nothing. Have you guys ever had like a situation with someone, maybe a friend or a family member or a coworker or something where like something has happened and like you know something's happened, but like you're just kind of waiting to see how it's all going to transpire. And then you see them and they say nothing and you're just like, uh-oh, like do I say something? Are they going to bring it up? Like what do we do? And I imagine that questioning that Peter probably felt too, like, I know what I did. Like, I know Jesus knows what I did. So do I apologize? Do I not say anything? Do I still belong at this table? Should I even be sitting in this room with the disciples? Like, do I fit? And so when we meet Peter in John 21, those questions that he's going through he goes right back to what he knows. The beginning of John 21 and verses 1 through 14, we're not going to read the whole chapter, 
but it's Peter and some of the other disciples. They go back to fishing, right? Because that's what they know. That's the comfort that they have. Like a whole bunch of stuff has just happened. And when, I don't know about you guys, but when like life gets really hard and like the roller coaster feels like this and I'm trying to process emotions, I go to where I'm, what is comfortable for me. And what is comfortable for me is cookies. I, I like baked goods. And I like comfort food. You know, I don't want a salad. I want gluten-free, dairy-free nachos, which is as comfort food as I can get these days. But, like, that, I, want, I want the comfort food that I can have. And, and so I, for Peter, like, he was like, okay, and some of the other disciples too, like, they're like, okay, we're going to go back. We're going to go back to what we know because this is comfortable because this is known. And Jesus meets them the same way he met them at the very beginning, the exact same way. He performs the exact same miracle. They're fishing. They're not catching anything. And he says, hey, toss it on the other side. And they catch 153 fish. And so they come, and when they get to the beach, well, when the rest of the disciples. So Peter, when he realizes it's the Lord, without thinking, he just jumps in the water. Like he's, he's got to, and probably because he's like, I've got to show Jesus that I am committed. Like I want to prove that I belong here. I want him to know that though I denied him, like, I am by his side. And so they get to the beach, and Jesus has the fire lit, and he's like, come sit, let's have breakfast. Which would just be mind-boggling, in, in my opinion. But he's like, hey, come on, come sit down. And so, and this is where, in John 21, 15, I'm going to read verses 15 through 19. It says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young and you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So we have this interaction with Peter, and we could go so many different directions with this encounter that Jesus had. But the thing I want to focus on this morning is the purpose for why Jesus encountered Peter in this way. So the first thing is, I always, honestly, when I read this interaction growing up, I don't know if it's just because it was, like, assumed in my head or if I was taught or if I saw VeggieTales. But I always just assumed that, like, Peter and Jesus were in a private conversation. 
like kind of removed because it says after breakfast. So I imagined that they were like, they like got up and sauntered away and they had this interaction. But reality is, no, Jesus did this in front of everybody. Like in front of all the disciples. He's like calling Peter out like, hey, do you love me? And he does it three times. So we've already got Peter who's probably feeling pretty shameful. He's already questioning, does he fit? And now Jesus is like in front of all his friends being like, do you love me? Do you actually love me? And so it makes sense that by the third time, Peter's grieved or kind of in like distress. Like, why is keep asking me? But Jesus, he doesn't do anything just because, right? Jesus asks Peter three times because Peter denied Christ three times. Jesus is publicly restoring Peter. He's publicly telling Peter, hey, you have a spot at the table, and at the same time telling the other disciples, hey, Peter still has a spot at the table. A lot of times when something happens to somebody in our church, in church community, sometimes it feels like there's sides, right? And when things sometimes get handled so broken down in private, and then that person walks through the door, they might not feel like they sit or they fit or they belong. But Peter doesn't have to struggle with that because Jesus publicly says, like, hey, come here. There's still work to be done. He doesn't say, Peter, like, I'm sorry that you denied me. I need you to ask her for my forgiveness. Like, own what you did. He's, he's showing him, like, there's still work to be done. So you love me? Tend to my sheep. So you love me? Lead. Feed. Take care of the people that are going to come. As Jesus is restoring Peter, he's, he's showing Peter to focus not on what has happened, but what is to happen, like what is to come. So he's saying, yeah, stuff is in the past, but like focus on the work that's coming. Focus on your, like, I still have a purpose for you. You still belong. So as I was reading this and and going back and forth and I was like okay God like that's all fine and dandy but what is this what does this mean like what does this mean for us this question kind of hit me hard like did Peter go back to fishing out of comfort or was it because he didn't know if his denial meant there was no space for him right we kind of talked about that already So that question led me to think, like, well, how often do I go back to what I know is comfortable because I'm questioning my spot at the table? Because something's happened. Because of a choice that I made. Because of a decision or or an opinion that I have. When Jacob and I were, when we were engaged, I won't go into the whole story. When Jacob and I were engaged, some stuff transpired, and, and someone actually told me that because of a choice that we had made, like, 
I was ruining my witness for Christ. Like Jesus couldn't use me, basically. And I was mad. Because first off, who gets to decide how Jesus uses someone? Like I don't get to look at Dawn and be like, oh, well, because of that thought you had yesterday, Jesus doesn't get to use you anymore. But that like hit, and it's still like, it's still there, right? That question, am I usable? Can God use me? But the thing is, is God has taken that situation and allowed me to have conversations with people to be able to say like, hey, you have space. Your choices don't determine whether or not God can use you. We literally just sang a whole song about that, right? And I love what Joy said because Joy was like, if I can use a piece of trash to fix a hole in my wall, then what can God do with us? And at the end of the day, we're all a mess. And if anyone isn't a mess, please come tell me how you do it because I don't know how. We're all messy. But that's kind of the beauty of this idea of God being an artist. Because I don't know many artists who don't get messy at some point. Like if you guys have ever, so I'm not an artist. I'm, I will not claim that at all. Um, that gene skipped right over me and went straight to Olivia, my sister. But I do occasionally like to paint my house. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but when I paint walls, I don't do it uh, cleanly. I end up with paint everywhere in, in ways I'm like, how did I get paint on like the, like the bottom of my, like the back of my knee? Like how did paint end up there? But paint is everywhere, right? And I just, I picture this, um, this thing of like, if we didn't feel like we had to come to Christ so perfect, how much like deeper like would we encounter him? Like if Peter hadn't, like if Jesus hadn't encountered Peter, would Peter have said anything? Or would he have just kept questioning, do I belong? Do I have space? Is there a spot for me at this table? But Jesus says, no, there is. And Peter, you don't have to be perfect at it. Focus on tending to my sheep, feeding my lambs. Let your love that you have for me drive you to care for others. Jesus' inter whole interaction with Peter was to let Peter know that he still belonged. And so if Peter did go back, and I imagine he did go back to fishing, like we said, for comfort, but also probably because he didn't know where he belonged anymore, because he was, he was a disciple, and his job was to stick by Jesus' side, and he didn't do that. So identity crisis. So where might be Jesus publicly restoring you? Or maybe privately restoring you? Where is Jesus saying like, hey, this is messy. And mess is okay. You belong here.
what might those questions be that make you doubt what you're doing? Whether it's in your job or your community, like what questions make you think, I don't fit, I don't belong, I'm not good enough to be here. I've done X, Y, and Z, so that means I can only do this much. Like putting a cap on it. You see, Jesus doesn't put a cap on Peter. So why would he put a cap on any of us? Today is a day with a lot of emotion, right? Mother's Day. For some, like Matt said, it's happy, and for others, it's grief. But instead of being afraid, like what if we just said, yeah, it's messy, but there's space for every person at the table. Yeah, we're all mess, but there's space. You see, Jesus encountered Peter in a moment when he felt the most insecure and insignificant. Jesus encountered Peter when he felt like he didn't belong. Guys, we belong, but there's a lot of people outside of these four walls that question whether or not they fit, whether or not there is space for them at the table, whether or not something that they've done has discounted them. And so let the love that we have for God shot, like flow out of us so that they, in their most insecure, in the feelings of them being feeling like they are the most insignificant, let that be the moment that we meet them so that God can encounter them and say, you fit. You belong. There's space for you. You're wanted. Jesus made Peter feel wanted, needed. Today, this week, take a t- Take a minute, I did this past week, to sit in that question, like, what question, what makes me question my space at the table? And how can Jesus encounter me there? What holds me back from serving? What holds me back from showing up what holds me back from saying yes will you pray with me